morning we're going to talk about um, a small cloud rising. We're going to talk about uh, small beginnings. And, you know, we're uh, Americans, most of us, I guess, and we like to marvel at the grand things uh, in life. And I guess because we're Americans, like we never start things just to see them kind of languish around or kind of like start sort of and never get anywhere. Usually if we're Americans, we like this thing, especially for Texas. I'm not from Texas. Anybody from Texas here? There are some Texas. Like, I know y'all like it big in, in Texas, right? They got big hats. They have uh, big cattle, uh, big cars, big ranches, and they have a big football stadium. Uh, too bad they don't have a team to like really <laughs> to fill it up. All right, wait. <clears throat> Well, they they'll, well they'll fill it up with I don't know some concerts or something like that. Uh, anyway, that comes from the heart of a 49er fan. Ooh, ooh, we just yeah. Don't say cowboys around us. But anyway, we like things big. And if you've been to some maybe third world countries or different things, and you kind of travel the landscape and you look out, and there's all these things that are sort of like kind of coming out of the ground and, and projects and, and different things, and they're just sort of going on or something's kind of happening. Uh, but I want to tell you, in, in America, like we just like it big and we want to see the grandiose and we celebrate all of that. But oftentimes when we're in that thing, and it's, that's just part of who we are, we can forget that everything started off with a small beginning. All right, we can see that. We can see the grand thing. Man, I wish I had that. Man, I wish I had that. Well, I want to tell you something that, that God is doing that grand big thing with what you have right in front of you right now. Isn't that awesome? Right now is, <laughs> is where it's going to happen. You know, Chick-fil-A. Mm, I love Chick-fil-A. It started off with one little diner, and they call it like the Dwarf Grill or something crazy like that. But anyway, you know, now it has 1,950 locations in 42 states. For a long time, it wasn't even in California. Right? And just think how different life is. I, I look at I moved here. How much different life is with a little piece of chicken, you know, with a pickle on a bun. I want to tell you, life is fantastic. I couldn't imagine life without it now. You know, uh, and more seriously, like there's been some cultural revolutions that we've experienced, uh, like the end of the Jim Crow segregation that was really launched by Rosa Parks. There was just one uh, lady that uh, refused to give up her seat on a bus, and this whole cultural revolution began uh, that way. Uh, Sam Walton, you know that he began with one uh, Ben Franklin store. Does everybody, anybody remember Midwest, small town, someplace, you've been at a Ben Franklin store. Well, he started off with one Ben Franklin store, and of course, he built that into, or you might say God did, I don't know, but into the largest retail empire in the world, in this country here. I mean, it basically started off with 100 people that came over on a boat, and half of them didn't even make it past, you know, one year. So small things can have, um, great things can have small beginnings. And, you know, at some point in time, the Empire State Building was just a, a dream in somebody's head. It was just a, a vision. And, and then at, at some point, it was, it was small, too. It was just maybe ink on paper to a certain degree. And then it still was kind of small in this and that they f had to drive the first piece of steel uh, into the ground to set the foundation. But, you know, the, the, the small beginning, actually, they had to, you know, tear some stuff down first. 
And it wasn't just that it was, you know, a deserted warehouse or something. You know, there was a huge mansion, a couple of them, and there was a five-star uh, Astoria Hotel that was on that city block that they had demolished, something that made people pretty comfortable, but they still had to tear that down so that they could begin building the Empire State Building. And this morning, that's what it all about is all about, is that we're going to look at small beginnings and the potential that they carry to change the world. And we need to understand today that God sees small beginnings sometimes in a much different way than we see small beginnings. Amen? So I'm going to make that statement, then we're going to spend the next little bit, and I'm going to go ahead and show you through scriptures exactly how uh, God feels about it, because we never want to feel uh, or think something about someone or towards something that isn't the thoughts and attitudes of God. That's an important thing in our lives. So uh, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, I'm going to read this one out of the NLT. And it says this, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line drawn in Zerubbabel's hand. Isn't that awesome? Do we have that picture when we see a small thing that we're getting involved in, when we take that first step in faith, do we understand that the Lord rejoices whenever we make a choice to start something fresher or when he gives us this small beginning or just puts something in our hands that we will rejoice over him or that we'll rejoice over it with him? Isn't that awesome? This is God attitudes that don't despise the small beginnings For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. As soon as the plumb line comes out, right? of course, we have lasers and everything that do that now, but that was the start that something was going to be set, something was going to be set true, and, you know, there was a ton of worship that was going to come out of this thing that was being built. So God sees uh, a small beginning, and it could be something that seems to us to be totally insignificant, something that's totally lacking, and he rejoices. And the reason that he rejoices is that he knows that if his people, if, if you and I will only trust him, and if we'll lay down our pride, because it's a small thing when we start, and begin with what he has put in front of us, everything is possible. Isn't that awesome? I just want to keep this in mind, this picture that every small thing, everything you do to try to to, um, please God, everything that you try to do in obedience to what he has told you to do, every small step that you take in faith, that he is absolutely pumped or stoked in it, right? It doesn't have to be a hundred stories tall. Like literally when you drive that first piece of metal, when you start scraping the dirt away or making the plan to do it, when the plans come out, God starts singing. He starts giving thanks. He's delighted in it. One of the lives that we can look at in this small cloud rising is the life of uh, Elijah. He was an awesome man of God. This is a guy who called out like 400, hundreds of prophets of, of Baal with this big showdown and wiped them out. This is a guy that literally raised people from the dead, and he has uh, this experience. There has been a three-year drought at his time and in his land, and, and God had made Elijah a promise that it would come and it was going to rain and it was just going to drench and pour down over the whole region. And, and Elijah, being faithful to God, he says, yeah, this is what God says. And he goes and he declares it and proclaims it everywhere, right? Even to the kings of the land, he makes this decree and all that. It is going to rain. So it's already been 
three years, people are already maybe a little bit discouraged. Have you ever had a dry season and one that maybe went for three years or something like that? You're just like, oh my gosh. So already the people are kind of said, oh, well, this we got to see, right? They're probably not walking in a whole ton of faith because it hasn't rained for that period of time. Elijah makes a decree. He goes ahead and he prays. He's believing God. He takes that small steps of faith. He's just praying at this. And then the other small steps of faith he takes is he takes his, uh, the guy that he's mentoring, Elisha, and he sends Elisha out and says, take a peek and let me know if you see the rain clouds that are, that are coming according to what God has promised us. So he goes out and he looks and he goes out one time. And it's like, okay, well, no problem. He goes out the second time. And it's like, oh, man. The third time it's like, dude, we have been waiting three years. God, you gave me this word. I told everybody uh, about it. It's supposed to be this big thing that's going to it's going to shift and, and change a nation. What is going on here? So then the fourth time, the fifth time he goes out, Elisha, and comes back, there is zip. Nada, nothing out there. And you can see that, like, wouldn't discouragement start to build up? I mean, they were already in a place that was dry. And then here's like, it seems like this dry season was actually being prolonged. He goes out the sixth time, and finally he goes out on the seventh time. And he doesn't see this big, huge, you know, swell. He doesn't see, not swell, that's a wave, right? But he doesn't see this big cloud and this big bank of uh, rain clouds storming up and this big, huge front, you know, moving across the landscape. This is what happens in 1 Kings 18.44. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. A cloud the size of a small hand is rising uh, from the sea. And he gets excited. He could have just said, ah, man, what is this? It's a small thing. Lord, you promised me something good. I want to be part of like the grand things that I've been a part of. And all I get is this little small cloud. What am I going to do with that? I can't go back and tell everybody like, hey, there's a little tiny cloud out there. You're going to look like a fool. But he's been praying. This is the important thing. Elijah has been praying. He's been doing the little things he was doing with what God had gave him. And so God gave him a small cloud, and that was enough for Elijah. Elijah takes that as a down payment, that that whatever God told him was going to happen, that the promises that his word was going to come in all of its fulfillment, he took that as a deposit. And that's the same way we need to take these small things in our life as well. You see, Elijah had anchored uh, his hope. Uh, He had anchored himself uh, not on his ego, but he had anchored himself on God's promise. So he responds this way. Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain (laughs) stops you. Can you imagine? He's like saying it, not just like the average people. Tell the villagers, he's like, go straight to the king. Tell him to hitch up his chariot and move because this thing is coming to fulfillment. This thing is happening so big and so grand that actually people aren't going to be able to move. Because he understood the small beginnings and that every great thing that he had ever seen in his life actually started out as something rather quite small, as rather as something quite day-to-day or maybe the mundane. He didn't get discouraged and withdraw his faith. And sometimes we can do that, right? 
we're believing God for uh, a breakthrough with our kids, or we're believing him for a job or some, some finances, and then when we get a, a small thing that's put in front of us, we just want to kind of uh, pass it by, and the truth is we just redra- withdraw our faith. But here's what I want to tell you. <clears throat> if you're believing uh, for your kids to have better friends, um, don't give up if Billy Graham's grandson doesn't show up at your front door. I don't know. He could be like a total mess. I don't know. But I'm just using that as an example. Like, don't worry. Like, if, the, if it takes somebody like that to come in, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the kid uses a couple swear words, but at least it wasn't like the kid before, the friend before, who could use the F word, like, as a noun, verb, and an adjective, <laughs> right, all in the same sentence, all in the same sentence, or maybe he wears his pants, you know, just four inches, or you can see four inches of underwear instead of six inches of underwear. But I want to tell you, whenever you see the small things, whenever you see it happening and going, we need to start giving. That is a small cloud rising. If you're believing like you've got, you need, you're in a, a financial place and you need some, some help, and then you get that check in the mail, and you look, and it's $5.14, I want to tell you, that is a small cloud rising. Don't resent it. Don't like, ah, no, I needed a 1000 I needed a 100 whatever it was, or I had to pay this bill. Take that as a deposit that God is going to do what God said he would do. One way or another, and the Bible is super clear on this, one way or another, sooner or later, God is going to come through for his people, for those that love him. And this is also important when we think about ourselves. I want to tell you, it's also important when we think about our spouses or our family. I want to tell you, if you decide to do something and you take this small beginning, you lay out the plan, I want to tell you that the Lord is rejoicing. Even if you don't do it awesomely, even if you don't do it perfectly, even if it takes you a little bit of time to get there, even if you do it right the first four times, you want to be an awesome employee, you want to be a witness, and you do it great, you ramp up your game, you're awesome for four days, and then poof, it goes. Don't get discouraged. Take those four days as a small cloud that's rising, that that is a deposit. And if, if you have a, a spouse or you've got a kid and you're just believing for breakthrough for them and it just seems like it's slow to come and they get a couple of things right and then they blow it, don't take that as, and get discouraged by it. God sees a small beginning, but I want to tell you, uh, you know, he, he rejoices over it and sometimes we see the same small beginning and we just get discouraged. You know that God is in us in our small beginnings. This is what he told a Daniel who was facing uh, a tremendous challenge in life and in the culture that he was in. And God said to him, and this is Daniel 10, 12, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Isn't that awesome? From the first day, not after you got it right for like a year or two years. From the first day, I was with you. From the first day, I heard your prayers. And this thing that you're experiencing right now, the courage and the breakthrough that's happening, it's happening because I heard you back then on the first day. Amen? 
The small cloud rising. Think about it. How many of these small clouds that are in our lives that we just blow on by, or we see it and, and God rejoices over it and we get discouraged? Here's what I'm saying is that we can rejoice in it if we begin, no matter how small or how insignificant maybe the initial success is. And I want to tell you what I rejoice in is this in Philippians 1 6 says that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. That's what I can get pumped on. I see the small cloud and I'm just like, you know what? God's gonna finish God has started something and God is gonna finish it. In the unseen realms, God is always at work. That's something that Jesus knew that we often forget, right? He says that I, Father, is always at work, working his plan and his purposes in our lives. So even though God rejoices at small beginnings, we, ex- we experience a small beginning and we get offended because somebody else had a bigger beginning. Or so it seems. So, but I want to tell you, this is so short-sighted. This is when we just, you know, I call it navel-gazing. That's when we see all of life really myopically, and we're just kind of staring at our navel. And it's me, myself, and I, and we try to go through life and try to be fulfilling and accomplish the purposes and the plans that God has for us, and we're doing it just like this. I want to tell you, there's a bigger vision we have to know. And, and God's got the advantage because he's all-knowing. It was his plan to begin with. He, you know, breathed it into, into being, and he's all-powerful to kind of work it out, and he sustains everything. Uh, but here's what we have to know, that there's a heavenly perspective, and there's times in the Bible that are super helpful for us if we will look at these perspectives that we have insight to. And I, I'm glad for this one that comes out of the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 3, 6. He said this, uh, I uh, planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And here's the thing is you may be the planter, you may be the person that, that picks out the weeds, you may be the person that that uh, tills it. You may be the person that waters it and nurtures it and all that, or you may actually be the one to do the harvest, but we just never know. We have to realize that we are part of a big series and complex, you know, uh, chain of events that we can't really see the beginning and the into. You know, you might say, well, at work, I, I shared with somebody, but, you know, it wasn't received quite in the, in the least bit. What I want to tell you, people shared with me all sorts of ways, all sorts of time. There was a ton of people in my life, and I bet you there was a ton of people in your life that were planting seeds and watering it, and you never know if somebody's, you know, might, uh, you know, get saved or, or decide to trust Jesus, right? If a revelation comes, and you might, it's, maybe it's going to take 18 people, you might be person number two, but it doesn't mean, you know, that person number 18 is any better than you because you were number two, and number nine is equal to. It's kind of like a relay race, right? You go in the relay race, there's four people that are going around, they're handing the batons, and only one person gets to cross the finish line, but don't they all stand on the podium? And if they win it, they get a gold medal, all four of them. It really doesn't matter who crosses uh, the finish line. In fact, you know, in John uh, f- uh, 4, he's talking to his disciples about the fields being ripe with harvest, and he says, hey, some of you are going to harvest things that you didn't even plant, that you didn't even do. So we never know how we're going to be in this whole grid of God's plans. He does. He can see the whole thing from beginning to end, and that's why God rejoices over small beginnings. He knows that all of us, if we're faithful, we're going to have a part in the whole thing. 
This is why we uh, pray for another church every single Sunday is that we realize is that, hey, we've got our bit to do, but then there's the other churches that have their bit to do, and we need to rejoice over their things, even when it seems like it's more wonderful uh, than ours, even if we think they've got uh, a better uh, buffet, which, uh, quite frankly, I don't think that there is uh, a better buffet in all of Lake Norman. Right or a better worship team or or a bigger thing and all that. I want to tell you that that in our things that we've had a great impact in the area and we're just happy with doing the things that God has called us to do and being faithful to that and not worrying about what other people are doing. It just works against us every single time. I'm calling us today to plant and water like we've never planted or watered before. God has promised that if we'll do the, uh, our bit, that he'll do his bit, right? That he will make the increase. He gives the increase. And we need to learn this, church. We need to learn to rejoice in small beginnings, especially when the small beginning is assigned to us, oh, and not draw our significance out of that, but be drawing our significance out of the fact that God has called us and God has given us what we have right now to do awesome things with. Luke 16.10 shows us that, that small beginnings are a very important test uh, from God. Jesus said this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You know, if we think that, hey, you know, as soon as I get the the really big assignment, like I'm going to kick it into gear, I'm going to make it happen. You know what God knows and Jesus knew is like, nah, probably not. If, if you aren't willing to kind of make it happen with exactly what you have right now, you probably never, yeah. ever will. So I'm going to encourage you to make it happen. Do with what you have right now. All of us is driven by faith in the Holy Spirit with what God has placed in his hands. I want to tell you that we have the raw material to, to, to work miracles, to do something eternal, to have a huge impact, to make Jesus famous The thing that we don't, aren't really excited about is that the road to the big things goes through a place called uh, the small things. We don't like that, right? But that's the way that it is. That's the way the kingdom is. Why is it that way? Because God knows that if we aren't faithful with a little, we won't be faithful with a lot. God knows this. If we aren't faithful with the things of other people, we won't, we won't be faithful when we have the things of our own. That's just the test of God. That is the test of the kingdom. And, and God's training ground is really how do we respond with the things that we have right now, even though the things that it seem, maybe they seem small compared to the, the great things that God had given us, or maybe God had made us a promise and we painted this great, great big picture of what it was going to look like, right? In our way, in our, our time, and in our scale and scope in size, and then when it doesn't come that way, all of a sudden, what? We're just like, ugh. We're undone. So we have to be looking for that small cloud that is rising, and that is the deposit that everything that he has said he would do will come to pass. Do you believe that? I believe that every word that Jesus spoke, that it will come uh, to pass. Helen Keller was an awesome example of this. I mean, this is a person, honestly, she 
She radically changed the culture. She radically changed the way that the world saw disabled people, especially blind and, and deaf people. I mean, a tremendous, she, she completely, I know she at least transformed the United States in so many ways. And this is what she said. She had to give a testimony that she was fighting for the rights um, of disabled people. <clears throat> and, and before the Tennessee legislature, she said this. Uh, she said that when she was young, she longed to do great things, but she couldn't. So she decided to do small things in a great way. And the rest is history. She wanted to do great things, but she couldn't. So she decided to do small things in a great way. And she changed the world. God rejoices in small beginnings. <laughs> and I want to tell you, his specialty is making something out of nothing. His specialty is taking nobodies, or like 12 Oh, I don't know if there was 12 fishermen. Uh, There's 12 disciples. A bunch of them were fishermen. Taking them and taking a bunch of nobodies and using them to change the world. And this is our confidence because our vision at, at New Song Church is what? Change lives that change the world. And the way this happens is that when we get small clouds, we rejoice. And we will be changed. And to the degree that God's word changes us, it is to the degree that we will change our world around us, how we respond. And that way he gets the glory, right? That way he gets uh, the glory. And we can be blind to the magnificent things that God is beginning and increasing if we aren't careful. We can forget that every big person, every giant, uh, great football player start off as a little teeny tiny baby. Right, every mega church that there is started off with just uh, a couple of people or uh, a small group of people. You know, every revival started just like Lisa said this morning. Revivals started off with just usually with a couple of people that just began to get on their faces and seek God yeah. and ask for revival to pray for the people around them and to pray for their country and to pray for their. A world, you know, um, you know, and these are all just small clouds rising. And I want to tell you about another small cloud. This church right here, you know, that it began with two people, actually maybe three, except one of them didn't have a choice, <laughs> our daughter. <laughs> but, you know, it began with two people working in a, the, a trailer park, the gnarliest neighborhood in North Met County. With, with no church behind them, no uh, big grant, no big sending out, no anything with just two people. I want to say that that's how New Song started in 2006 with a couple people taking lunches in and praying for people, doing some worship, doing all of those things. And then, of course, he partnered with some great people. But I want to suggest to you this, is that um, New Song Church actually began in 1956. I'm going to confess, that's the year that I was born. And in 1956, there was some grandparents, and they were praying for their grandson. And even when their grandson turned to drugs for 21 years, even as they kept going out 
on the horizon and looking for the rain cloud that was, that was going to come. And they went out the first time and the second time and the third time, and still there was no clouds. I want to tell you that they kept uh, praying. They never stopped. They had a faith that they were shifting things. They, were, they knew that the prayers of a righteous person, right, are powerful and effective. They kept praying and they knew that they were shifting things. They knew that they were building a legacy. They knew that they were leaving an inheritance. And 21 years later, they looked out, and all of a sudden, there was a small cloud rising. I don't even know the exact date, but it was uh, August, uh, let's see, 24 years ago. A small cloud rising, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm so humble. I'm, I'm here among uh, a family of believers that is the most wonderful family. I know I've been part of a lot of churches. This is just an awesome place with awesome people. God is doing fantastic things. But I tell you, when Julie and I moved from here, from California, after going to school and getting a degree and all of that, and to come here and to think that we were going to end up in a neighborhood that really kind of, at that point, we didn't know hardly anybody that wanted to go in there. And to see what's happened, it's really amazing. So we cannot despise small beginnings. We've had a tremendous impact. At New Song, we always say, like, we fight above our weight. And we're just faithful, and God brings uh, the increases. All right. So what we want to do right now is I want you to identify maybe those small beginnings. And if maybe you've taken a look out and you just haven't seen anything, because it, maybe it seemed too insignificant or too small, I want you to look out there again. And I know that that's, for some this morning, that that you're going to see that small cloud rising. I'm going to see the thing that you, there's going to be a shift this morning. We, We just declare it that the things that have offended us because <clears throat> we thought it was unfair or we thought that we had put in all the work, we had got all the education, yet somebody else seemed to grab the, the bigger start, the bigger beginning. Like That's going to wash away this morning. We have to give that up. It's an act of our will. We have to decide right now that we are going to rejoice in small beginnings. So look at the horizon. Where is that still small or that uh, small cloud rising in your life? What thing have you just withdrawn your support that you haven't really put everything into? You haven't done the small thing that you haven't done in a great way. Would you make a promise today? to God that you'll begin to do even the small things in, in great ways. Does it matter? There's a lot of people that have moved here from all over the country. If you've moved here from another state or something like that, would you raise your hand? Huh. Look at that. 
Okay. Now you had you had something in mind, right? Uh, the thing that you experienced after you moved out here, did it look like what you thought it was going to look like? Raise your hand if it did, like just exactly the way you want it to. <laughs> There's one in the back, right? It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's pretty rare. We have to embrace that. Attach, don't attach uh, don't attach yourself to your ego. Attach yourself to the promises of God. You all have come here. I want to tell you, it, it, there's something great that God wants to do in you. And I know some of you need to come. You just need to take a break. <clears throat> we get that. We understand that. But I want to tell you, God's got something great for you. There's big things that we don't know. What we will have to do is I'm calling us to be just just more at it in terms of our planting the seeds and in terms of our watering in the terms of our harvesting all this that we can uh, step it up and we're glad that we are exactly who we are and we're going to do with exactly what God has given us and God has placed in our hands and we're going to be faithful with that and if God decides to give us more that's awesome